Cecilia B is the ultimate fashion all-rounder. Growing up in a small town in Spain, she pursued a degree in communications, gained experience with agencies, and eventually became a jewellery designer and finally a fashion designer, a creative director and a tastemaker. Celia B has managed to catapult her colourful fashion house into that much coveted space of being an independent designer with full creative control whilst building an engaged global community and her own in-house team across continents. With a long list of celebrity fans and a primarily direct-to-consumer business, Celia B takes us behind the scenes of her fashion brand in this episode of Tech Powered Luxury, sharing how she went from working in advertising to running her international fashion label between Spain and Shanghai. Season three of Tech Bowered Luxury is proudly brought to you in partnership with our amazing sponsor, Farmhouse Fresh, an American skincare brand on a mission to rescue complexions and animals. Founded 19 years ago by Shannon MacLinden, the brand has over 200 incredible skincare products with ingredients grown fresh on their farm in Texas. The Farmhouse Fresh custom designed ranch headquarters is built on a 10 acre hill and is home to a hydroponic greenhouse, a spa and training facility, a non-profit farm animal sanctuary, meaning they are surrounded every day by the beautiful animals that they rescue. With 70 employees and thousands of spas who provide Farmhouse Fresh skincare experiences, Farmhouse Fresh is known for freshly grown skincare that rescues both complexions and animals. Loved by household names and celebrities around the globe, including Oprah, who discovered Farmhouse Fresh in 2007, as well as Catherine Zeta-Jones, Lisa Kudrow, and many, many more. Every single product from Farmhouse Fresh has a code that allows you to track and discover which animals were rescued thanks to your purchase. We could not have asked for a better partner for season three of Tech Powered Luxury, who embodies luxury, technology, and most importantly, kindness into their business. Our listeners benefit from $10 off every $100 purchase with the code TLUXURY on farmhousefreshgoods.com. Welcome to Tech Powered Luxury. I am absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast. I know you're you're tuning in today from Spain. I'm in Paris. Uh, we saw each other during Fashion Week uh, almost three months ago now. The time has flown, but yeah, welcome. I'm just so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here with you having this uh, conversation. As you said, this is going to be your first ever podcast in English. So I'm <laughs> yes. honoured <laughs> for you to have Big Tech Power Luxury to be the first place to do that. We'll go easy on you. We won't ask any crazy questions. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, I hope I hope I can make myself uh, understand. Absolutely. I have no doubt about it. Um, but let's jump right in, Celia. Can you please tell me who are you and what led you to where you are today? I'm a Celia Bernardo, Celia in English. I'm uh, the founder, art uh, director of uh, Celia B. It's a brand that I founded 12 years ago when I was living in Shanghai. Now I am based in Spain. Yeah, it's a very colorful and quirky, fun uh, brand, a slow fashion brand that I've been building little by little since, since then. Amazing. And you say slow fashion brand, but you're a slow fashion brand that's so full of color and vibrancy mm -hmm. and life, mm -hmm. which is kind of the opposite of what you think of when you think of slow fashion. And that's why I love what you do, because you bring people the glamour and all the excitement that comes with fashion, but in 
the most conscious way possible? Yes, actually, when I first started to think about having a, my own brand and I wanted to do something that was the opposite of fast fashion because I was working in fast fashion and I, I, I saw that there was like a, a gap there in the, in the market, right? But everything I saw of people starting to doing things in that direction was like, neutral tones and like you know like hemp fabrics which is great but that was not my aesthetic and what I wanted to bring no so I thought okay I want to make something that is working with handcrafts making things that are uh, that will uh, last longer in the wardrobes that you won't throw away after another season but I also want it to be bright and colorful and fun and um, yeah and that was the the idea I had to start the brand. So if we take it back to even before you were working in fast fashion to your educational journey can you talk me through that please? I didn't study fashion design I studied advertisement and PR in Madrid I think I, I chose that career because I just wanted to move to the big city. And, uh, <laughs> like a lot of us. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was living in a tiny, tiny town in the north of Spain. And uh, I I was always very creative, but I never thought about studying fashion. I think that at the end of the 90s, it wasn't like such a like trendy thing. I don't know. It wasn't... I didn't have any reference or models that I wanted to follow. I knew that I wanted to work maybe yeah, in communication. I was thinking journalism, um, advertisement, and uh, I did that uh, career for, uh, I studied five years in college. I think that after the second year, I realized that the, that it wasn't as creative as I wanted to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started taking some lessons on fashion history, drawing. I start making my own accessories, customizing my clothes. And uh, little by little, I realized that I like very much uh, designing. Wonderful. So you have this moment while you're studying, you realize, okay, yes, advertising, interesting, bit of creativity there, but you needed to take it a step further. So at one point, did you decide I want to be a fashion designer and I want to be an entrepreneur and have my own fashion brand? Well, but that was like many, like that was years later. Um, okay. When I finished uh, studying, I was, I worked in advertisement, but I was doing my, my, I had like a small jewelry line of uh, earrings that I, I never thought it would be like something I could like live from that. I, it was just like, a, I don't know, like a hobby, no, something like this. And, um, and then I started working in, um, in, in Pepe Jeans, London, as, a, as an assistant for the design team, because I could do like a um, technical drawing. And I was doing the, the files for, for all the designers. And I thought, oh my God, am I a designer? And I remember like thinking of that, like, wow, I'm a fashion designer. No, no, that's too cool. Like, like for me, it was like, wow, this is like, something I never thought I would be. And it, was, and it sounds incredible just to think about it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then I, I, I started my career as a fashion designer, uh, really from the bottom, as an assistant, and then as a junior designer, I changed company. And, uh, and that was like, yeah, like some years later that I realized that, that I didn't like to design things, uh, to have new things for like every week in the store, things that were meant to last mm, weeks in the wardrobe that I had like a very specific taste and a view uh, and aesthetic that I wanted to 
yeah, to, to express, no? And I thought that, that the way of doing that, it would be through my own label. But I didn't know at all what would mean to have a company, you know, yeah. because I, I don't have any uh, business background. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just like learning by doing totally. Yeah. So what year did you finally launch Celia B, your own brand? So that was in uh, 2012. 2012. In so congrats yeah. on 11 years, almost uh, 12 mm-hmm. years of business. Yes, yes. Yes. And if we go back to that first collection or those first pieces that you launched, can you remember the first thing that you actually sold? Yeah, so I was so when I started uh, working as a fashion designer, I was specialized in accessories because I, I was doing my my earrings before and uh, and uh, well that that was the, the the field I was specialized in. And when I moved to Shanghai, I was uh, managing uh, the accessories department of this uh, fast fashion company. And when I thought, okay, I want to do, I want to create something on my own, but I didn't know what, what to do because I didn't know if I wanted to go back to the earrings or clothing perhaps, but I didn't have any experience at all in, the, in making uh, garments. But I did learn how to crochet while I was uh, living there. And I was obsessed with crocheting because for me it was like doing something with my hands again, like I used to do with my earrings, right? Because yes. when I when I started working as a as a fashion designer for 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 big companies, I was all the time in front of a computer making files, no mm-hmm. tech files, and uh, and working with my hands, mixing all the yarns. So I was making these crochet panels that I thought to make bags with them. So I was mixing them with fake four and uh, very like um, like printed uh, lining inside and crazy uh, neon zippers. And uh, those were my monster bags. And I created like 10 different bags, all totally different with the, with the crochet panels um, that I did by myself. I found a a tailor in Shanghai that was like uh, assembling those uh, patchworks. And uh, that was my first, um, my first range of products that I, that I launched. I even, uh, I crocheted like a rack that I cover all like uh, with, with, uh, yeah, with a crochet. It was like an art installation almost. It sounds incredible. And it's so, it still stays very true to what you're doing today. Your summer collection from last year had the most amazing crochet dresses Mm -hmm. and design Mm -hmm. there. So you've kept that throughout, which is really, really impressive because often what you start with is not what you end up with a couple of years and a couple of collections later. For me, it's actually, it's like an exercise, no, to keep on my my own essence and identity but try to to bring something new each time and maybe to make it more in tune with the with my with with my audience because for instance when i started it was like very like artistic no like uh, i was thinking more in the yeah in the purely in the aesthetic or in the in the thing of like mix and maxing uh, mix and uh, matching different uh, yarns and uh, for but now it's like how do we how do i evolve from doing something that is just for the joy of watching no to something that more and more people want to to wear so this is 2012 you're spanish but living in shanghai I'm sure even just being there was such a contrast to your daily life when you were growing up in a small town in the north of Spain. So yes. how did that impact your creativity and how did it impact the development of your brand? Well, 
a lot. Actually, for me, it's like I'm so grateful for that experience and for that that time in my life because I, I think that people that live abroad can can uh, relate to this. No, that um, it's like starting from the scratch. It's like nobody knows you, and uh, you can kind of like invent yourself, <laughs> and uh, you are like super free. And and especially in China, where you know it's like people really. Uh, maybe it's because I was a foreigner, no, and uh, and we are like uh, outsiders there. But people really don't care if I was wearing a sequin jacket on a Monday morning to go to the subway and uh, the most crazy outfits. And um, I don't know, it gave me a lot of freedom. And uh, and also I I was able to go to markets and to factories and to trade shows and the biggest yarn trade show was celebrated there in Shanghai, the Spin Expo, and I could like see all the most mm, crazy new developments that I could dream of, you know? So I had like all the all the materials there and all the all the technology to to make my my ideas come true. And I know you just came back from a trip to Shanghai as well for the first time since before the pandemic. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Because Shanghai is still very integral to Celia B, the brand. Totally, yeah, and um, yeah. For so, in one sense, was like um, reconnecting totally with um, that life because I lived there for six years, and I kind of forgotten because now I'm back in a very small town in the north of Spain, <laughs> so I have a totally different life from the crazy metropolitan city that is Shanghai that is like non-stop and always incredible things happening no yeah so so it made me like remember that that creativity bursting all the time and uh, things happening all the time and connecting with people doing interesting things but also what I really really enjoy is to see that the seeds I, I planted years ago have grown and now I have a team of seven women working there, very passionate and, and dedicated, that believe in, in what we are doing, no? For them, it's, it's like a, a proud to be able to, from one dream, no, that we had like uh, 12 years ago, that we were, we were able to, to expand it, to make it grow, to connect with people around the world, to, to make things that, that we love. I mean, work, the work is, is tough and it's not easy and... Uh, and our productions are super complicated. We are still as more. We are still a small brand. It's difficult for us to to find suppliers that want to make a small quantities and all this. But then it's like um, it's it's like our baby, and uh, and it's and it's fun the, the the result, no? And we and we really believe in that. And for all these years, we've been working in the in the distance, and it was. Truly amazing to be there and to to reconnect and to work together. And now I, I can't believe how we managed to be separate for so long. It's actually shocking when you think about it. Mm-hmm. You have been running an entire business on the other side of the world, and you haven't seen any of those people in person for years. In a for years, mm-hmm. yeah. In in a world where mm-hmm. it's all about a physical product and it's all about connection, it's about creativity. Mm-hmm. It's really hard mm-hmm. to do that remotely, never mind for, for years. Yes, yes, yes. And and also, I mean, and now we are talking about the production side, but it's the same with the, with the sales. I, I mean, I, I saw you this year in, in Paris, but for three years, uh, I haven't been in the US, which is my main my, my market, no? Mm-hmm. And now now I feel that I have to, that, that the time of like 
working remotely and uh, having Zoom calls is still there, but but now we it's time to replace it by face-to-face interactions. I think that is important no? now to reconnect and to be there, to have presence. And that's one of the, the, the first things I'm going to do in the coming year. It's to go to, to the U.S. I, I'm working in the two poles, no? like uh, U.S. And, uh, and China and, uh, and from, from Oviedo with, uh, in Spain. No? And, uh, and now I feel that it's time to, to start like, uh, reconnecting and, and, and be present there. Absolutely. So for anyone who's listening and who hasn't seen your designs before, well, first of all, I would say go and <laughs> look at what you create. So Celia B designer on Instagram and it's celiab.com for the website. But for anyone who is trying to figure out while listening, you know, what does your brand look like? Could you describe it in three words? I think it's eclectic. Mm-hmm. It's colorful and it's vibrant. Yeah. I can see it right now with those three words, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, You do create these very joyful, very bold pieces. But what I particularly have noticed now since following you for for about a year is that you're not afraid to lean into different textiles and textures. So although you're a bold, eclectic and colourful brand, you take it through all seasons and all different types of uh, textiles, whether it's faux furs in the winter or, you know, you have items that can be worn basically all times of the year, no matter what the climate, which I absolutely love. But I imagine that brings its own challenges in bringing your designs to life across all seasons. So how do you manage that, especially as a slow fashion brand? Well, yes, it's, it's very difficult, especially these days where we have like um an epidemic of black, you know? Yeah. It's like <laughs> beige. <laughs> beige, black, but but especially like for duffer coats, it's like winter arrives in the cities, in Europe especially. But also uh, that's something that shocked me when I went to Shanghai. Shanghai used to be very colorful and now colors are disappearing worldwide. And uh, and it makes me so sad because I'm a, I'm a textile lover. And before starting my brand, I used to travel a lot to... Um, to places where we, where they have like a, a very strong textile heritage, like the north of Vietnam or Thailand, where I moved also, and um, or, or Mexico or uh, Bolivia, Peru, and um, and that's kind of like our roots as as a humankind, you know, and um, and that's humanity always like humans always had this need of expressing ourselves and and the first textiles were like with so much like colors and patterns and this is like little by little disappearing from the world and 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 I know I cannot bring back those ancient ancient uh, textiles but um, but I want to to keep to to preserve some diversity and colors and other other alternatives no to to wear not just the the the, the black buffer coat in 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 winter and many people think like no in winter you cannot wear bright colors why not where is, is this written or when you are an adult when you grow up you cannot wear colors colors are only for children why <laughs> who says this no <laughs> you never love- see kids all in black or all in beige they're all colorful <laughs> yes, I mean, no, but, but you see some brands that are also like coming into neutrals for kids. And um, I don't have anything against neutrals. I don't have anything against black. But I have, but what I don't want is like we are all wearing a uniform, you know? And uh, and when you see that when we are kids, we love colors. 
like why do they do they erase this love for for things that are bright and because because there's like a color therapy you know like colors bring happiness and that's 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 true and uh, it's such a pity that we don't see that anymore it's like i always say like imagine um a garden with all the flowers gray no <laughs> like <laughs> flowers have colors and the animals have colors and uh, you know it's like i nature is colorful so i i think that is part of our nature as well absolutely that's a really good way to put it and i think anyone who goes to look at your latest collections um for any time of the year they will see that your winter collection it's definitely not just black or white or gray even no, though you no. do have some neutral no. options in there for people um but in general, it's yeah, it's bursts of color, which is absolutely beautiful to see. Yeah, and it's and it's not easy because I I, I get it now that people is kind of like kind of like self conscious in the, when 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 you dress and and you want to look elegant, you want to look mm. good, uh, and nowadays it's like it's like sound, like. Like if they tell you, no, you will look elegant if you wear black. And if yeah. you are too colorful, maybe you mix three different colors and it doesn't look good and you are like a clown mm-hmm. or that's not refined or sophisticated. But um, I don't I don't think so. I think that even though my clothes that can look like very difficult or bold, they aren't because you can just wear one coat and and you don't need to think about the rest of your outfit because you're already like uh, bringing something vibrant and, and and cool and also i think that colors suit people you know they make you look more beautiful that's that's what i think no and that's what i try to to um, to communicate to to people to don't be afraid of colors yeah Absolutely. You're definitely not afraid of colour, that's for sure. And when I look at your Instagram account in particular, it always looks so fun and it looks like a party. It looks like a celebration. Season three of Tech Powered Luxury is proudly brought to you in partnership with our amazing sponsor, Farmhouse Fresh, an American skincare brand on a mission to rescue complexions and animals. Our listeners benefit from $10 off every $100 purchase with the code TLUXURY on farmhousefreshgoods.com. And if you were to think of the Celia B customer today, could you describe her? Well, it's it's kind of, it's a little bit difficult because, you know, it's like my, my customers, they are so diverse, mm. not only in age, uh, because it, it, it goes from like a woman in her thirties, mm-hmm. uh, to my mother that is in her seventies, you know, it's Hi. like women <laughs> of all ages, all, yeah. uh, body shapes and all over the world. We have customers really all over the world from Australia to, um, uh, South America, yeah. to the U S to Europe, uh, Africa, all over, we uh, we find uh, women uh, that 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 like the brand and wear the brand in their daily life uh, all over the world. So it's kind of difficult to say like like one specific kind of person because also we have like many different kinds of clothes. No, we have like winter coats. We have sequin dresses for events. We have um, printed uh, cotton dresses that maybe they are the ones that, that people can identify more the brand. But I think that you can wear it for many different occasions. Absolutely. So right now we're 
in, I'm in the height of winter. You're, it's around 20 degrees where you are, so it probably doesn't really feel like it. Um, but is there like one piece at the moment in your winter collection that is really standing out and that's been quite popular with people? I would say that um, we have this uh, jacket with a polar fleece in uh, in pink, and uh, it's like it's like a jacket that is it reminds you a little bit of the '80s because of the shape, uh, kind of like like a sporty style and with big shoulders, mm-hmm. and it has um, like 3D polar fleece with a pattern in the upper yoke, and then some uh, patches, and then the rest of the body is in pink, and it's sold out totally sold out wow you know it's like you wouldn't imagine like such a piece that is like so statement but it's like it's super flattering it's easy you can wear i can wear it with dresses with pants with even with a sequin uh, skirt and it's always looking nice and um and fun Fantastic. I need to look up that piece. Um, it's called Amaranto Jacket. We are actually making more because it was uh, sold out and people is like, are you going to restock it? <laughs> so we decided to make a few more. Yes, you're going to make a lot more people happy. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And Celia, can you talk me through, like, what does your day to day look like? Who are you interacting with on a daily basis while running your brand? Wow, well, it, it, it totally changes every day. I'm going to tell you what I did today, okay? Because like okay. every day, is different. Yeah. So I woke up and um, I had to approve a lookbook that we are launching uh, next week for the latest collection that we had. We did the shooting on Monday and we are uh, finalizing the lookbook. So I had to to see it with my team, with the graphic designer. We have all the pictures. We have all the all the well the, the line sheet, the lookbook ready. Later I will have to look at the prices. Mm-hmm. With the with the production team uh, to have the yeah the line sheet ready and then with the wholesale uh, department to to send it to our to our agents and our clients. I'm also talking a lot with the Shanghai team for the new developments because we are uh, developing now autumn winter collection that we will for launch next year. for next year. Yes, we will okay. launch. Mm-hmm in February, in Fashion Weeks in February. So we are looking at the, of course, at the styles that were popular last year. I just been in Shanghai looking for new materials. I did some knitwear developments there, but I also have new ideas that I have to, well, we have to start making all the files to get the samples, mm-hmm. like maybe in one month. And... Um, and also, we have a lot of requests from our PR agents for celebrity dressing, loans, giftings, um, uh, yeah, some interviews as well. Uh, so we have also to manage that part of, uh, of marketing mm-hmm. and, uh, and communication. And that's what I did this morning so far. And it's only midday, by the way, for people listening. And it's only, and it's only midday, yes. <laughs> okay, you've been like a world <laughs> trip via email, Zoom calls. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. And later I have a call with a, a press editor. And later I will have to work on the on the new collection. Wow. And like... Okay, I'm sure you have lots of challenges and nothing's easy. You know, you're moving mountains and getting this brand to continuously reinvent itself and always have pieces coming, but in the most conscious way. But if there was one thing that is really, really challenging for you, what would that be? Oof, um, building a team. Mm. 
I think that's the most difficult part because um, when I started this, I was alone. Yeah. Then the first person I had working with me is uh, was uh, Sunny, that is in Shanghai, my the, the production manager. Mm -hmm. But we were just the two of us until 2020. And um, since then we started, like, we, we realized that we, of course, we need more people, no? And, and it's funny because the more people you bring in, the more work there is. It's yeah. like it's never ending. And uh, and it's so difficult to to manage, to, yeah, to manage a team and to get things done and, uh, and, and to do that at the same time that you are trying to be creative and deliver mm -hmm. new things, interesting new things to the market. It's, it's really, really hard. So you had eight years with only two people in the team. Yeah, and, and Sunny was not uh, working full-time. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, even I think for people listening who perhaps have had their own mm -hmm. business, they know mm -hmm. that those are the times that are tough. You know, it's just you and maybe one other person and you're trying to do everything possible with limited resources, but obviously there's a reward yeah. at, the under, at the other end. You push through and now you have this global brand. How many people are in the team now? So we are uh, eight in Shanghai and five in uh, in Spain. Fantastic. And I'm sure you have yeah. to work with a lot of agencies and reps. Yes, and also, yeah. 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 We have our wholesale agents yeah. and, the, and the PR agents. Yeah. So it's a big ecosystem now. And you've built that from, yeah. from zero. From, from uh, zero. Yeah. From mm -hmm. that first collection of bags in Shanghai in 2012. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely yes. incredible to hear. Yes. Yes, yes. And it doesn't get any easier. <laughs> it gets more and more complicated. That's, that's the, that, I think that's the tough part. Yeah. It's like the more work you create, the more work you have later, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, well, the reason we connected for two reasons, actually, it was Destiny that we were going to, to meet. Um, I first started following your brand because two amazing Irish women wore dresses actually wore the same dress from you very popular dress um, mm -hmm. and it was Vogue Williams and A.B. Hoomerman I believe it was the Alba dress but I think it's the Popa dress or the Popa the dress the short one yeah, yeah Popa, Popa dress so beautiful sequined dress with um, these very strong shoulders kind of a puff sleeve uh, clinched at the waist, actually high-necked, oh, absolutely gorgeous dress. And I remember seeing this and basically immediately following the brand and wondering, mm. who is Celia B? I love these designs. They're so flattering, but they're fun. Um, mm. And then I met um, Carmen earlier this year at the Forbes uh, Under 30 and Over 50 Global Women's Summit. And she was working with you as well and said, you need to get Celia B on the podcast. She's absolutely incredible and has an amazing story to tell about fashion and a digital first approach. So here we are. And we definitely connected because of a very, I would say, digital first strategy that you have in terms of, like you said, dressing celebrities, but getting mm -hmm. a lot of coverage on, on social. So how, how integral has social media in particular been to the success and the growth of your brand? I think it was crucial because imagine like a small brand like, like mine, no, with very, very limited resources. Um, when I, yeah, like first living in, in, uh, in China, then I moved to Thailand, mm. then to Asturias. So not being like apart from Shanghai, but the, the other cities like were like, kind of like out of the out of the the circuits no of the radar 
and um, with an um, Instagram account and being creative with a phone, I could connect with a community worldwide. And I could really, I could really see how important that was when uh, when we were in lockdown in the in the pandemic, and people were like. Yeah, like like spending more time, no, in their in their social medias, and then you you also had to have like a like a an online store that worked properly, and um, yeah, so I could see that all this work that I've been doing before of like learning and knowing how to communicate via via those uh, yeah, tools mm-hmm. with uh, with an audience worldwide was actually like uh, functioning, and I could. Um, yeah, like like still working like that and and growing. I remember like maybe I I had like maybe twenty thousand followers when uh, when I start when the pandemic started. Wow. And, yeah. Now you have just on Instagram alone almost two hundred and fifty thousand. I was just looking and seeing like this, this is a big community. Yes, yes, it grow it grow a lot. Also because I was like was working a lot. I remember it was when the when the videos uh, started and the reels and I was like, yeah, like, like embracing all these, mm. all these tools and, um, all these uh, ways of, of communicating and bringing, uh, ideas to the people that, that follows me, inspiration, uh, yeah, joy, happy things to watch, you know? Absolutely. And when it comes to influencers, I mean, well, technically the two women that I followed who mm-hmm. I first mm-hmm. spotted were in Celia B, they're definitely women of influence. How important are, are influencers to the success of the brand and to gaining visibility? That's super important. And that's one of the things that I, that I, start doing yeah since i started with the brand no like uh, looking for 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 women with uh, an a light aesthetic or something relevant to say that could bring value to the brand that i could also bring value to 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 their i don't know outfits or mm-hmm. we are talking about like now the influencers that are like wearing clothes but also maybe with other brands or with other like content creators not not doesn't have to be related with fashion no yeah. but i think that as we were saying before no instagram is a great tool to create a community and those communities can like interact and and and, and look for you know like partnerships with with other people that can help you with visibility and to to become relevant absolutely and uh, i know that independent designers like yourself in particular they have a big challenge when it comes to influencers and working with them because often influencers ask for fees that just aren't feasible for an independent brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with that? How do you still build community and have a strategy within your own budget? Well, I think it's because the product that I that I have, that I design, it's very different and unique and they feel like they, they, they love it and they want to support. No, I think that in... Influencers, they know like there are some brands that have a big budget to spend to spend in that, no, like marketing budget, yeah. and other brands that what they have is what they create, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> no, and and the product, and if they love it, they just want to support, and that's amazing because it's a it's a huge opportunity for brands like like mine, mm, absolutely, and if you've created you know, desirability and you have such a fantastic brand awareness that I'm sure you've gotten to a level now where people are seeing your dresses and thinking, I would love to wear one of those. And it doesn't have to be the other way around where you're asking, can I send you this? Can you please wear it? But rather now you've got this pull effect where people are coming. Yeah, it goes both ways. It's actually like, yeah, there's like a definitely like a, a call to action. No, when, when, 
when um, a, a big influencer wears uh, something, there are other, sometimes there are other influencers that see it and say, oh, I also want this one. Ah. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's like, maybe maybe there's a dress that it's been like all over and it's sold out, but they still want that one. No? But yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> Always the way. <laughs> you want yes, what you can't um, so, but you have built this cult following and that was something that I, I really noticed in terms of the community that you have online and you're always resharing as well, you know, people, your customers, your clients around the world who are posting. So there's a real sense of this Celia B family. Um, and when it comes to, you know, all the things that have happened in the last, I guess, 11, 12 years, was there one moment that you can look back on and say that was that was the highlight. That was a really special thing that happened. Well, I think one highlight was to be in uh, Sex Education in the Netflix show. Ooh. Yeah, like uh, being um, chosen by Rosa Diaz, the, um, the stylist from, yeah. well, the stylist, no, she's the art director. She's a visionary. She has an incredible taste and creativity and she loved the brand and chose a lot of pieces. And uh, Ruby, the main character, she was wearing a dress that was actually... I don't know if it's very popular in uh, in the UK and and in Ireland, but in Spain it's very popular. This show, yeah, and for yeah. many for many journalists that didn't know the brand because I was living abroad and yeah. I came back to Spain during the pandemic, uh, they didn't know the brand and suddenly it's like wow, who is behind this brand that is in in, in one of the most popular shows on mm-hmm. Netflix? No, and uh, I think that was one moment that still today, no, many when I in interviews many. Many journalists in Spain they asked me for how how did that, did that happen? Yeah, so how did like, it happen? Was, <laughs> I was watching the second season and I thought I don't know who's making the the art direction here, but uh, this person she might like might like my 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 clothes and uh, I wrote I find I find out I look for her I wrote her and yeah and she she loved it and uh, and months later the the team from Netflix from uh, from production contact me and they they told me they have selected some some garments for the show that's incredible so basically you just made it happen you were watching you were like my brand yeah. would be a good fit for this mm-hmm. who is uh-huh. this you sent a message yeah. you just you made yeah. it happen <laughs> yeah yeah you know the door and uh, hope that yeah that's a really good lesson actually we should do that more yes. often just yeah reach out to people and totally it's there are there other shows like I'm thinking already you know Sex in the City or um I, don't I would know, love to uh, yeah. Emily in Paris like all of these different series that of course are a very fashion focused are there others that you have your eye on that you would like to be featured in yes of course I would love to to dress a uh, Carrie Bradshaw yeah <laughs> yeah many people tell me that I look like her because of my curly hair and <laughs> the Spanish Carrie Bradshaw um, yeah. with the wardrobe to kill for as well <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that would be such an, an iconic thing no for a fashion brand to to dress uh, Carrie Bradshaw absolutely well I cross yeah. my fingers for you that in 2024 all these things are going to come because you're you're 12 you're 11 12 years in but you're on the rise and you're just getting bigger and bigger every year so I think anything is possible for you at this stage mm-hmm. hopefully <laughs> yes um and when it comes to culture and of course entertainment so the likes of these Netflix shows like do you think that they're really going to impact the future of fashion maybe even more so than Instagram and TikTok has been in the last couple of years well, I think it's a combination of both, no? And because um, usually what you show in, in those shows, 
it's just for brand awareness because yeah. they select from seasons that maybe, for instance, the dress that, that Ruby wore in, uh, in sex education was sold out because it was like from two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's not like something that you, that, that, that is in the show. Yeah. It's going to translate in sales immediately, but it's like brand awareness and recognition. Absolutely. And when it comes to your next collections and collaborations, you had mentioned a little bit before, before we were mm-hmm. recording. could you tell me a little bit about this, this milestone and this collaboration that's going to be happening for you in 2024? Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, we are launching a, coll- a collection in collaboration with Zandra Rhodes, mm-hmm. that is such a, an icon and an inspiring artist and woman that I discovered when I, when I started working in Pepe Jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fashion directors, they were uh, from, from the UK and um, they brought me a book of her uh, works yeah. and I was blown away by the patterns and the prints and her, her pink hair and uh, her bold style and I was like yeah. oh my god who is this woman and uh, yeah. <laughs> she still has the pink hair the pink bob right she's yes, always yes. got this bright pink hair <laughs> yes 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 and uh, no and her prints they are like marvelous so yeah. beautiful and uh, and for me it's it's been a dream to work with her prints. Who will ever tell me? You know, when I discovered those books, I didn't believe that I was a fashion designer. <laughs> and I'm, um, I'm, I'm working with her prints. Uh, we are going to launch a collaboration in in May next year, mm-hmm. and um, and I wanted to make it like um, like my dream dresses. No, if I'm gonna make dresses with her prints, with Sandra's prints. I want to have like dresses that I want to work to wear to wear over and over to have them in my wardrobe and to to feel like super pretty and beautiful and special with them. So those are the the dresses that I I design and I can't wear to to launch this collaboration. Mm-hmm. I know that Sandra is super excited with it. She she loved the result, and uh, and so do I. So it's a very happy moment in my in my career. Congratulations. That's super exciting. I actually, I remember growing up discovering her because she had dressed uh, Princess Diana, but also loads of other really interesting yeah. people. Um, yeah. And as well, Freddie Mercury, I believe she had dressed. Yes, Freddie Mercury, yeah. Bianca Jagger. And she's in her 80s now. So what an iconic yeah. collaboration for you to have. And Totally, totally. No, no, it's, it's, it's really like a, a dream come true. Like, uh, I don't know, like uh, one of these things that you say, okay, all, all these pain of, of, you know, because it, the clothes I create, they, they are happy, but then the, the day-to-day of having an own company, it's, it has a lot of, like, pain and suffering as well, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, these moment, moments like this, it's, like, totally worth it, only everything, yeah. Celia, how do you find balance in doing all of this? Because you've got all the travel, you've got uh, quite chaotic days, you have to be the mm-hmm. person that signs off on everything that happens with your brand. So how do you make mm-hmm. sure that you still have energy left to give? I struggle with that, actually. It's one of the things that I'm trying to learn now because I, obviously, I'm not the same person than uh, 12 years ago in terms of, like, youth <laughs> and energy. <laughs> and... Um, but I still want to be on top of everything and uh, I take everything like a very, of course, it's very personal, my brand, you know, and uh, and I want every detail to be perfect and and, and I need to, to learn how to delegate, of course, how to disconnect. But I think that it's 
super difficult not to say impossible to to disconnect 100% when you have your own business and your own and your own project right so um i'm learning i'm learning i'm uh, i think that it comes to the thing of like having a team surrounding yourself with people that you can uh, that you can delegate that you that you can trust and and it's a and it's a process but um yeah um well now for instance i'm uh, in the south of spain i came here uh, looking for some sunshine while i'm designing the winter collection no so i can have like both things i have to work after shooting a collection two days ago i have to start working in a new collection now but I still but still I can have a little bit of sunshine and and, and have a walk in the in front of the sea no sounds like you're figuring it out as you go along and mm-hmm. I I also often feel like I just need some sun and if I have a little bit of sunshine mm-hmm. I'm gonna have more energy and everything's gonna be so much easier but mm-hmm. yeah someone who grew up in Ireland the sun is usually very far away <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and for me in the north of Spain, because the weather is similar to Ireland, no, and uh, and and I I need like this, uh, yeah, a little bit of of a warmer weather, a little bit of sunshine, and to be outside. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I have one last question for you: mm-hmm. If you could recommend people in the industry to work on one skill, what would it be? It's difficult, eh? because for me. I think I have two that are very important and key to my to what I build. That is communication mm-hmm. and design, and both of them are very related with creativity. No, yeah. Only one skill. I will say that these days, you need to be a good communicator. You need to mm. make yourself known and uh, and connect with people out there. You know. I think that you need to bring something that people can understand. Maybe you can create something that is super beautiful that people cannot see, it cannot understand, it cannot, yeah, like uh, relate to it. It will be difficult to to make that click. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. It, it's easier, but it's also harder to communicate on scale these days because obviously we have digital platforms. Like right now, we're you know on mm-hmm. a podcast. It's a new form mm-hmm. of communication, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. have to always learn how to communicate on these new platforms and in the most yeah. effective way and in mm-hmm. a way that is true to who you are and true to your brand. Yes, and I think and I think that the career that I chose in the advertisement and, and communication is actually helping me a lot. Yeah. Even though even though I thought at the beginning, no, it's not creative, it's not what I want to do. But you learn also how to adapt to new medias to communicate because at the end is is this, no? Like to there are a new media that comes out and you know you have to learn how to reach the audience. Yeah. So yeah, and that's all yeah, it's it's communication science at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good advice. I hadn't, no one else has said that one. And I haven't thought of it that way myself either. But yeah, communication without it, you have a product and no one will know about it or they won't know about it in the way that you want them to know about it. So that's really, really good advice. Thank mm-hmm. you, Celia. You're welcome. No, it's been, yeah, it's also, it's also interesting for me to see it like, uh, like this, no? When you, when you see, when you see things in, in perspective, because also like for me, it's like, the the first person I I invested in my in my company I was that I needed to 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 work with in order in order to make my my products come true is production production is a key part and for me it's the most difficult and the most tricky part of the of of a 
of a fashion brand. But when I think about like my role as a creative, I think that the communicator part, it's what makes the ultimate success because the same thing with the, with the production, no? If I have an idea, but I cannot make it true with the production, it's not worth it, the, the idea. And also if I make it, if I make it happen, but nobody sees it, nobody knows about it, it's also a, a bit of a waste, no? In, when, when, you, when, you, when you are trying to sell something, of course. Yeah. Not just for the love of art and, and creativity per se. For sure. And actually, I'm just thinking about it now. You must be an absolute epic communicator because you managed to run your business from the other side of the world without seeing any of the people for years. So also the one-on-one -on -one communication. Um, yeah, communicating the vision and executing the vision. Not easy. Yeah, not easy, but like communicating in many different aspects, you know, because one thing is to communicate in the, in the more commercial side or promotional, but also communicate with the, with the team, with, uh, with human people working with you. That's also really, really difficult and really tough. Celia, it's been an absolute pleasure to have this time with you and to just pick your brain on all of these different topics and figure out what goes on behind the scenes and creating the beautiful fashion brands that you have. For anyone listening, go to Celia's Instagram page, Celia B Designer, and her website, celiab.com. You won't be disappointed. It's an absolute feast for the eyes in terms of the design and the color and the creations. And I, I really love what you do. So huge congrats as well. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing to watch from, from the sidelines to see what you've been creating all this time. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been really great to talk with you. Very interesting chat and conversation and, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech Powered Luxury, your weekly podcast on all things luxury and tech. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and follow Tech Powered Luxury on Instagram, TikTok, Snap, Twitter, LinkedIn, or sign up to our weekly newsletter. Tech Powered Luxury is proud to partner with GladCloud, the platform that is powering our media campaigns through its collaborative social media marketing platform, which is perhaps how you have discovered the podcast today. We'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas, questions, or would like to join us as a guest. <laughs>